0: You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadel and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news
1: from around the
0: football world.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. I'm Chris Horwadel, joined by Mario Hines. Mario, what's going on? What's up, Chris? Week one in the book, so I'm, I'm... Uh, it's a bittersweet, bittersweet feeling right now. Yeah, more bitter than sweet uh, for both of our fan bases, I, I think. But we, we got another interesting little piece of information today. The Big Ten decided they're going to start playing football uh, around the end of October. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, it was one of those things where they were looking outside and all the kids were playing and they begged yeah. mom. And mom finally caved in after you know 20 minutes of straight, can I go outside and play? So go outside and play, Big Ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams are now going to be begging players to come back who have uh, previously opted (laughs) out. So that's going to be a really interesting situation. Uh, Most notably, um, Makai. I'm just so messed with Makai Becton. Uh, Micah Parsons at Penn State, one of the best, probably the best linebacker in the country, a potential top five pick, opted out of the season. I'm sure they would love to have him back, having to deal with Justin Fields in that powerhouse that is Ohio State. But uh, it's going to be fascinating, man, because... I think the with the Big Ten coming back, the likelihood that we get spring football from like the Pac twelve and stuff like that, the SEC potentially, I think that rises. So we could be in this weird scenario where like we just have football seasons starting like a month and a half staggered apart and going until I don't know April ish. Yeah, I mean, our
0: brains have done so much navigation with all these different sports. I mean, basketball in August, mm. you know. So I think mm-hmm. you know baseball, whenever you know. So I think we'll adjust. But man, as far as how it goes with the the momentum, the week to week, figuring out who's the best, you know that that whole flow that we kind of got ourselves into, knowing like what the first four weeks of upsets really mean versus the second four weeks of upsets. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's gonna mess. It's gonna mess everything up there.
1: It's going to be fascinating to see how they handle, I guess, naming a national champion, because if we're just running a standard top 25 poll like we have every other year, then when some of these teams start playing, other teams will have already finished. So, you know, you'll have Clemson sitting more likely than not undefeated at number one when, you know, Ohio State is 3-0 or something like that. And prior to Alabama even starting to play or Oregon starting to play. So it's... That's gonna be a bizarre one. I wonder how much recency bias will go into that.
0: That's what I was gonna ask, and, and I wonder if we finally get to filter through recency bias because just logically, how could we, you know, rule out an Alabama um, mm-hmm. just because we haven't seen them play in, in four weeks or whatever the case may be? So, uh, I think it may on more lean on the side of of we <laughs> we are we like who we like, and I think that mm-hmm. may be what's discovered. Uh, more than recency bias is that we have a regular old normal bias of this team is just usually better, so they're better.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing that I've really noticed is that without a number of conferences playing right now, the weekend college football schedule is really watered down. I think we had one top 25 matchup last week and we get one again this week
0: right and i wonder how long the nostalgia of sport or football is being played runs out i mean we want to see good quality matchups and so i think maybe this weekend we'll get a fix and after that it'll be you know if it's not a highlight play or highlight real play or if the the uh favorite isn't absolutely dominating then it's going to be really weird
1: yeah we had uh i guess we had clemson play wake forest last week looked pretty good and you know But it seems like that should be the that should be the cupcake game before the real part of the season starts. And now they go from Wake Forest, which is technically an ACC team, to playing the Citadel.
0: Yeah, (laughs) good luck for the Citadel. (laughs) Maybe, you know, they think they have a shot this time why I not think that but yeah no this this the lull the usual like i'm okay with this lull now is not the same it's 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 probably hard and for me it's it, i can't muster up any excitement for it
1: yeah the citadel dropped a tough one to 6 to south florida last week <laughs> uh, in, including a, a dominating 4 of 18 performance from their quarterback brandon rainey can only imagine that's going to get better against the 19 pros on the clemson defense <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, maybe the warm-up, warming up, not wanting to show anything, you know, yeah. all those cliches, they Well, ready.
1: if they weren't trying to show anything, they succeeded in spades because <laughs> they showed absolutely nothing against South Florida. Just a horrible performance. Rainey, like I said, 4 of 18, no touchdowns, a pick, doesn't even have a QBR, uh, and he was also their leading rusher at 3.3 a carry on 20 carries. Those four completions, man, four completions, that's... That is not it, this isn't like those old like Georgia Tech teams with Calvin Johnson where it was that triple option and and one guy goes deep the offenses were explosive this is just garbage offense
0: yeah the, <laughs> the I wish I I knew what four complete what plays the four completions were on um and that so I could see or imagine how they were completed I mean you know you probably got your standard you know hitch maybe a screen or two in there and maybe just maybe that third down and long where uh, you catch them off guard, you catch the defense being lazy, and that is it.
1: Yeah, the Citadel 18 passes, 54 rushing attempts against South Florida. They're going to lose by 40.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's actually giving them, that's that's, that's if they show up.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would be remiss to not talk about your Detroit Lions, sir. How'd you feel about this week one game?
0: Do we have to go
1: there? That's you know that's what we're here for. That's what the that's what the listeners want.
0: They want more. Trust fans trust
1: me. I... We're gonna hear me talk about the Eagles in a second. and That's not gonna be any better.
0: <laughs> no, I mean it, there's this weird feeling, and I wish I don't know if it's sometimes I, I'm in this relationship now that I'm just blaming myself. Is it mm. because I am watching the game? I don't know. Is it this energy I'm bringing towards the game that like this just isn't over? This doesn't Man. feel good, even when they're you know doing the right thing and then all of a sudden and I can't blame the injuries like when you're a team that plays man if you're if you're if you have 3 DBs that go down you're going to look worse and you're going to give up plays so mm. I can't be mad at that as far as not being prepared but the interception was just unacceptable and from there it was almost sealed the 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 deal was sealed and those are the kind of games that make you realize that like Things aren't changing and it's the same old and maybe, you know, the luck is is what it is along with it. You know, there's a there's an old saying that, you know, you make your own luck by being good, you know, being prepared. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bad luck is from teams that just aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And, and it looks like the Lions are still one of those teams.
1: Yeah, there's I'm going to paraphrase a uh, a lincoln quote that i've always liked and it basically goes like i find that the more work i do the more luck i have and that's i think that's the case here it's uh yeah just just bad luck man bad luck How, ap though that was interesting 14 for 93 and it's not like that's a fake number because he had like a 50 yard run his long was a 21 that's a pretty legitimate 14 for 93
0: Oh, he had a day, and it was so strange. One, just the cognitive dissonance I had to have as it was happening, But uh, and he was being, you know, right before the collapse, he was being touted, you know, as a, a lion's great already, and it felt mm. good. And, you know, so it, it took away uh, some of the the curiosity or even disappointment of the signing. I don't know long-term how it helps, um, but as we can see, Swift wasn't ready yeah. Um, some flashes, but, I mean, we still win that game if, if he comes down with that catch. So, you know, it, it, it's a good sign, but it, how, we, it's something I can't hang my hat on because how long are we expecting uh, Adrian Peterson to to carry the load?
1: Well, I mean, if he's only getting 14 a week, then I could imagine him being the leading carrier each week. But, uh, I mean, I didn't watch this game. Is it fair to say he's the team's number one back?
0: Oh, if you watch the game, you see it clear as day. He was the favorite. He was the go-to guy. He was even, you know, the the, the guy that the team used for momentum boosts. Mm -hmm. It was really strange. So um, that's why it makes me nervous because the 14 carries, I feel like a little bit is contributed to the the high yard per carry. Uh, If if it's a little lower, I think you start to give them more carries to establish that and maybe, you know, the durability – starts to decline, or maybe some fumbles pop up. I don't know. I'm going to try to stay on the optimistic end, but he's definitely the number one back.
1: Yeah, it looks like 14 carries for 93 for Peterson, and between Johnson and Swift, 10 carries for 22. So clearly one side of that was more productive than the other. We can't not talk about this. How do you feel about the fact that Matt Stafford was outdueled by Mitch Trubisky? Uh,
0: another very strange thing where for three, two and a half quarters... It all made sense. Matt Stafford was playing much better than Mitch Trubisky. You know, some uh, announcers, commentators, analysts were calling for Nick Foles as just a more reliable guy, less flashy, Mm. more reliable. And then, you know, something happens, and, you know, the clock must have struck 12 on Cinderella or whatever the number actually is for that movie. I'm not a Disney guy like that. (laughs) But um, and then everything changed, and now... (sighs) where I thought Matt Stafford had turned the corner, and the only reason we didn't see a culmination of that uh, corner turning was of injury, and now we're just seeing he still does that thing that he can't quite shake.
1: He turns back into the pumpkin.
0: Yeah. Great. Oh, way to follow me. there.
1: Yeah, I got you. I got you. Uh, Weird game. Weird game. Uh, Looks... Promising that Hawkinson steps up, though, five for 56 in a score. You have to be happy that he's delivering more to what was expected with the lofty, uh, I don't want to say expectations twice, but that's what it is when he was drafted last year. Uh,
0: even past the numbers, just looks like a more confident, aggressive, in-shape prepared player. So that mm-hmm. is something that's exciting, and I don't expect to see a drop-off. I, I expect consistency because I know we had, he had the big day one. Last year, Week One last year fell off, but I don't just how he 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 went about getting the yards and being a part of the offense, the energy he brought. Uh, I can see uh, where he's a red, he was a ready-made uh, pro coming in to, uh, uh, as a draftee. And, and I'm I'm excited for that, and that keeps me okay with um, the out-dueling, as you like to call <laughs> it, of Mr. Biscay, and maybe just that thing with the Bears that they have on us. I actually think we play. Matt Stafford specifically uh, doesn't fall off a cliff uh, in, the, in, in, in week two.
1: Well, Let's talk about the uh, the player who TJ Hawkinson was so consistently compared to coming into the draft. Rob Gronkowski makes his much-anticipated return to the NFL along with Tom Brady as the new quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, and they lose, and Tom Brady gets criticized by his coach.
0: <laughs> that was one of the weirdest criticisms I uh, to date just because I get it, but I also don't. I mean, it's very Bruce Arians, you know, par for the course. But it was almost, you know, I, I don't have the full, the full, you know, scope of the interview. But it, it seemed unwarranted, unprovoked, and it's like I don't think you need to find ways to motivate Tom Brady. He may know something I don't, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that route. Uh, I didn't think Tom looked that bad. I think he's just not on a team that. Has you know the 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 process protocols that you know the Patriots undertake week in week out day in day out minute by minute, you mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's gonna you know open up some more kinks in the armor for a, a forty
1: one forty two year old quarterback, forty three, but 43. The, but yeah you know that's Arians basically says uh, yeah it wasn't the team to blame that that was on Tom the the couple of bad passes a couple of interceptions. And, you know, I guess in fairness, Tom Brady's been in the league for 20 years. He's 43 years old. He should be a grown enough man to handle that criticism when it's warranted.
0: Yeah, I don't think you'll you'll, you'll get any backlash from Tom. I just think it's a weird thing to do to your starting quarterback who you know for a fact, you know, what what the perception is. And you don't know how much that can affect, you know, everyone's belief in him, his ability to get the job done. This isn't a guy you have to groom and and get people to, to... push for accountability I think Tom owns that and you don't have to go that route um, because you've got maybe influence over some other guys
1: well Arians went on to say Tom and I are fine uh, so I don't really care what other people think it's just what he and I think we left the stadium fine we showed up today fine so there ain't nothing to talk about
0: hey if he's if if they're fine he likes it I love it but
1: do you you believe it
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're fine because you say you're fine, but Tom Brady's only gonna take so much of uh of taking the the complete blame, um or just just being the guy that you know you rely on to be you know the veteran that 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 holds that is accountable. I think Tom's earned that he will do that. There's no mm-hmm. running away from that. You don't have to double down on that as the coach. Uh, I think Tom's okay with it in theory that it's week one, and I'm sure he's not panicking. Uh, due to the veteran status, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rely on this if I was Bruce.
1: Weird game though. Brady, uh, 23 of 36, two touchdowns, two picks. On the other side, Breeze, 18 of 30 for 160 and two scores. Both guys uh, maybe showing slightly diminished arm strength from what we saw last. Uh, from the Bucks, Fournette five carries for five yards, and Gronkowski gets two catches for 11. Sean McCoy no carries, one catch for two. Mike Evans has hobbled a little bit, one catch for two. And the uh, the 17 million dollar man, the newly minted 17 million dollar man Alvin Kamara, 15 carries, 48 <laughs> yards. Oh, sorry, that's let's just take Murray. Those were I thought those stats were too high. 12 mm-hmm. carries, 16 yards for Kamara, though he did have a touchdown on the ground and five catches for 51 and another score.
0: Yeah, I mean, um Good, good, good preseason stats. I think, mm-hmm. think more so across the board. We saw a lot of preseason football, uh, of sorts, and uh, you know this this contributed some of the you know the. I don't think it contributed to the old age and the wear and tear we see on these quarterbacks, but it probably has something to do with it in in getting in line. Alvin Kamara though, it's uh it's pretty typical of what running backs do when they get the paychecks. Yeah, I'm
1: a little nervous there. Le'Veon Bell, we're going to take a quick break, (laughs) and we'll be right back. Uh, Hey guys, I am so excited to say this. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And while you might not be at the game this year, you can still be in on all of the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And right now you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, or championship futures right now. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Look things didn't go exactly like I wanted for my Eagles last week as they didn't quite show up against the football team, but I am sure we're going to right the ship this week against the LA Rams, a lot of games I'm looking forward to. Who isn't excited to see Cam Newton and the Patriots against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on Sunday night? To get in on all that action and so much more, visit our good friends and the exclusive partner of Podcast One, BetOnline, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code Podcast One, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-O-N-E for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right Mario, we're back and uh, I guess this can't be put off any longer. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Washington football team and it was, uh, you know, a tale of two parts I suppose, not necessarily two halves. Early the Eagles go up 17 to nothing, look like they're on pace to win this game, I don't know, about 50 to nothing, just in complete control. And then as uh, I think everyone expected, the Redskins score the next 27 unanswered and win 27-17. Wentz is just, he was getting tortured all day. He was sacked eight times, hit 15 and pressured 20. The, uh, the the team played without, I mean, I guess both of their regular starters on the right side, although I'm not 100% sure who the starter at guard is at this point. That's sort of a fluid situation as Jason Peters moved back out to left tackle from right guard. The offensive line was a just a travesty. Neither, neither starter on the right side had ever started a football game before. One's a... One's a fourth-round rookie this year, and the other an undrafted rookie from last season. Oh, God. This was a nightmare. The only one shining uh, beacon of this game is Dallas Goddard continued his ascension into one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Eight catches for 101 and a score. Just other than that, man, this is maybe the most forgettable and frustrating Eagles game that I've seen in a really long time.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, first, I've... I was there. I feel for you. Uh it was so confusing to to, to try to tune into um I thought you guys were going to stumble out the blocks uh against a team that you could do that with. Uh, I think the Ron Rivera effect is is alive and well, but more so what is what is going on? What what mm. what can we expect? And what I'm afraid of is that um from quarterback play to to you know the back end of your, your your defense, your secondary, nothing has uh, become, you know, your staple yet. And that's what we've been waiting on for this Eagles team. I know injuries have done yeah. their job, but what are you guys going to do and who you guys going to be? Um, and, and, of course, you know, it's week one, but I thought now was the time to figure that out and establish that while getting through your
1: missteps. And now you have a, a,
0: a big fat L on your record, Doug. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's hard, right? Because... There was a tweet that came out after the week one games talking about who the most hit, hardest hit team was in the NFL with injuries. And between players on IR and players that were out for this week, the Eagles were tied for first place uh, with the Seattle Seahawks with 13 players on that list. The San Francisco 49ers were second at 11. But it's worth pointing out, of those 13 for Seattle, zero were starters. Of those 11 for San Francisco, two were starters. Of those 13 for Philadelphia eight were starters. They played without eight starting football players and it's just it's next to impossible to have that sort of depth to make up for that.
0: It is. It is and you'll be chasing it for forever. It's one of those things that actually doesn't exist in the NFL. You can't you can't live off that. Someone has to step up. You have to have some continuity and you you need that balance and I don't know between, you know, uh leadership in the locker room to you know, young guys stepping up. So it's going to have to happen sooner than later.
1: Yeah, the good news is that Lane Johnson will be back this week. He's obviously a solidifying force on that offensive line, probably the best offensive lineman on the team at this point. Miles Sanders should be back this week. Javon Hargrave practiced and should be playing this week, fingers crossed. Uh, I forget who else is on that list. There's so many, so many players. Obviously, Brandon Brooks isn't going to be playing, but that guy's a medical marvel. And he ruptures his Achilles a couple of months ago, and they don't even put him on the pup. They put him on the IR so that he could potentially return late in the season or in the playoffs. That's bananas. Um, Yeah, it's just this team was so hard hit. It's tough to get out of that hole, but, you know, getting guys back, assuming that Brandon Graham... Oh Derek Barnett, starting defensive ends, another one He should be back this week. But they lose Vinnie Curry for at least three, probably more. Uh, they lose depth at cornerback, and Brandon Graham suffers a concussion. So it's just man, gotta get people healthy. And the biggest issue, you know, Carson. Carson didn't play great. Carson has a growing propensity to play hero ball, and it's getting a little bit frustrating. He he's a different player than he was a couple of years ago. In in two ways. One, he just won't throw the ball away. He wants to continue to try and extend and extend and extend, and probably three of those eight sacks were on him in that regard. And the other thing is he's just not willing to run anymore. Carson was a really good athlete coming into the NFL, but it seems like ever since he suffered that injury against the Rams, he's been hesitant to to sort of tuck it and run, and that eliminates an element of his game. Yeah, I mean the hero ball work that mentality mentality that
0: you know you want to say you love out of a quarterback works when you're using the, the complete package of your skill set. Um so now you flip that one you know great point to say like it is I think completely <clears throat> excuse me connected to the injury and mm-hmm. wanting to be there for your team. Um uh, obviously there's you know the the aftermath the, the deer in headlights, you know, the the scene ghosts but not from the pocket. Now, whenever you escape, but your your mentality and how you play ball hasn't changed or adjusted, and that's what we're seeing. And it's going to take, you know, some, some risks on his legs before he can even mature to slow some of that hero ball down. Now, as a head coach, it's Doug Peterson's job in the O.C.'s job to help tame that yeah. and help keep that control. But, you know, there's only so much you can do because you don't want to uh, corral him and, and turn him into, into um, uh, Jared Goff. So,
1: well, yeah. I, I wish he was Jared Goff at this point. <laughs> I, mean, like, no. I, hate to, I hate to say that, but I, I really do. Goff looked pretty darn good uh, Sunday night against the Cowboys and Wentz did not. And unfortunately, we're going to see Aaron Donald and those Rams in Philadelphia this week, so things are not going to get much easier. The thing that really scares me about Carson in terms of risk of injury he has a tendency to duck his head to try and duck under pass rushes and that's going to lead to somebody hitting him straight on the head like with the full weight of their body and he's like the neck injury is gonna happen yeah you gotta
0: we've seen how hard these clubs can be you know from from these d linemen i mean they're they're carrying weapons uh, yeah. For arms So no you're right It's a, a, one of those things Again the moxie The stuff where Alright it's time to Find more ways To improve your game Time to m- Find more efficient ways To get the job done And and uh, he's going to have to Clear that up quick um, Or we'll see a lot more Of of, of Jalen Hurts um, And this is not the week To be doing that Because Aaron no. Donald Is I'm sure very hungry
1: No I mean It would be Sudfeld too Not Hurts Which I don't You know I don't know if that's good or bad But I've really just—we need Carson to uh, to figure this out. What's uh what did you think of? God, I I don't even know how to talk about this. So look, we made some predictions, right? And my prediction, I thought that I said Derrick Henry is going to have a you know, m- much less efficient season. And if this first game was any indication of that, that five point four carry or whatever it was last year has dropped to three point seven, thirty-one carries for a buck sixteen. Feel like I'm probably right about that. The one I am very, very wrong about, and certainly not the only one, is my proclamation that Gardner Minshew is his his time is oh over. My gosh. Gardner Minshew takes that Jacksonville team and beats a Colts team that people think are a sneaky contender to compete in the AFC. Minshew was nineteen of twenty. With what three touchdowns and only didn't go perfect because Lavisca Chenault dropped a ball. Yeah,
0: I mean, I am chalking this one up to didn't watch a single ounce of uh, <laughs> a film on Gardner Minshew for the for the thought of it wasn't worth it. I have to chalk this up because this is not only you know starter ability, starter level play. This is yeah. this is your guy. This is your guy going forward level. Of of efficiency, of quarterback play, of of winning and controlling a ball game, and uh, I'm not ready just yet. <laughs> I'm not ready just yet to say um, that we are seeing the wrong thing. I think that you know applaud him, and I, I could never take away a 19 for 20, basically a perfect, a perfect completion game from a guy. But you know we'll see what happens. I think when teams. Take it seriously. I think this tanking thing, you know, as much as players are are locked in or whatever, they hear the stuff and yeah. between you know C J Henderson not caring about that at all and being a dynamic defensive oh my player, god was he good oh my god was he good and and that fueling you know some other guys to just play at high at a high level and you know, team other other teams, your opponents not taking you as seriously, you might catch a storm like this. Again, that's hard
1: to explain away nineteen for twenty, but that's my attempt. Let me tell you what, I'm looking at this Jaguars schedule right now. You have the Titans this weekend, and you know, Titans played okay, not great in the, in that game against Denver. Then they have the Dolphins, then they have the Bengals. The Jaguars could be three and one after four. Oh man! And I oh, thought man. I thought they might like there was a chance they didn't win a game this year.
0: No, I was definitely leaning towards you know struggling to win a game and we would have that whole Yahtzee thing going on. But three and one, I mean we'll see because week two is usually as unpredictable as week one. But man, it's hard to argue again. It's hard to argue against how they won, how definitively
1: yeah. they they beat the Colts. And the Titans, you know, did not definitively beat anybody. They, they just snuck by a Denver team that looks really mediocre. I'm not saying the Colts are, uh, pardon me, the Jaguars are, are a good football team. Don't get me wrong here. I, but I think they might be better than some of these shitty football teams. And the Dolphins are in a position where they already had to say, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Ryan's still our quarterback. Ryan's our quarterback. When you, <laughs> when you have right. to do that after one week, that's not a good sign. No, it's not, and uh,
0: that that'll 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 change sooner than it doesn't. Um, but no, you're right. Tennessee, we saw what they could do. I think they they actually get better before they get worse um, in the long run. But this is who they are. You know, I don't think uh, we're mistaken for who Denver is and what level they're at. I don't think Tennessee and their run game is going to do anything for anyone throughout the regular season. You know, maybe they catch a couple wins at the end. Um, and sneak into the playoffs again, and then who knows. But by that time, Derrick Henry may
1: actually be tapped out. Oh, my God. I don't understand what they're doing with him. You know, there's always, that, there's always that idea that signing a running back to that big second contract is, is a bad idea. But you would think that if you're going to do it, at least – you're gonna to start to protect him a little bit because this guy's gonna be part of your team for the foreseeable future. And we even we even saw Carolina do that a little bit with Christian McCaffrey this week. His touches were down, but the Titans, they're just like, oh no, no, give him 31 carries, give him 31 carries, and throw them the ball three times. This yeah, is keep it going, keep it. This nuts. is how we, this, <laughs> this is how we got to the AFC Championship. I think they're
0: forgetting. I think I really think they're forgetting.
1: Yeah, he has just become the uh, the reincarnation of Eddie George here. Let's see, thirty four touches times sixteen. He's on pace to touch the ball five hundred and forty four times this season. Yeah, <laughs> like he would. I mean, he, uh, you might die. You literally might die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are, what, what are going to be the odds for that one? And and uh, to speak about Carolina really quickly, they better switch their formula back. They better switch it back
1: to the overusage usage, uh, ASAP. Oh, that team I thought was pretty interesting with what Joe Brady was trying to do. Joe Brady coming from LSU has never been a guy to to pound that running back. I was uh, I was pretty happy with how Teddy played after uh, you know after all of that time missed. I thought he clearly looked like he owned that offense. And I'm I'm talking here trying to bring up the exact numbers and can't find it. There you go. Um, obviously, they end up losing at the end to the Raiders, but. Teddy Teddy ran the offense well. McCaffrey twenty three carries four point two, got gotcha. I mean I guess he carried the ball he touched the ball twenty six times. I thought it was for some reason I thought it was nineteen and three, but twenty six is still high. But it's not thirty six.
0: Yeah I know I agree with you one hundred percent on just how comfortable Bridgewater looked. Uh, it's it's filling in the gaps and, and and the team has a long way to go. Don't get me wrong they have a, have a very long way to go before they are, you know, a formidable contender uh, in their division in a week in and week out and expected to win or, or or have an opportunity to win. But I definitely want to see more out of their matchup. Um, but, yeah, Teddy's not the issue, and he, he definitely won't be going forward. And I think that's what will actually uh, speed up and expedite them growing as a as a orc.
1: They're going to be fun, though. The, with that Joe Brady offense with Bridgewater, with McCaffrey, with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel at receiver – that's going to be a fun offense. It might not be a great team, but it's going to be a pretty fun offense, and there are pieces there to move forward.
0: Yeah, how uh, how how much uh, does this help uh,
1: Samuel mature, you think? Um. So, I mean, he actually got the ball five times this week. I think they gave him a carry as well. I, I He's just such a weird chess piece, right? Because he and McCaffrey were both kind of that same guy. They were kind of tweeners. Like, McCaffrey was a running back receiver— And Samuel is a receiver running back. Carolina takes them both in the same draft, has to figure out how to incorporate both of them into the offense. Obviously, McCaffrey more dynamic than Samuel. So just figuring out how to use him is going to be a really fascinating fascinating piece of this puzzle. I think the one thing does get five catches on eight targets, only 7.6 a catch. So that's a little bit low for what I think Samuel's skill set is, but you know, I trust Joe Brady to make it work.
0: Agreed, agreed. I think Joe Brady is 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 gonna find the best thing to do with him, and I think Teddy's gonna gonna not miss uh, when it comes to making sure that when he's targeted and when plays are
1: designed for him that it, it gets to him. Yeah, you got it. You got to be happy in Roof for Bridgewater. By the way, the, talking about uh, injuries, I was I had two TVs going all afternoon because we had. Oh, God, two really horrible games in the 10 a.m. slot in in Browns, Ravens, and Eagles, Redskins. But uh, I was watching ch- the Chargers game, and I had the Cardinals game on at the same time. And I had the the sound on in the Cardinals game. When Drew Tranquil went down with that ankle injury, which, by the way, like, it was a gross injury and exacerbated by the fact that, like, you get scared for the guy when the reaction isn't the normal reaction to an injury, because we, we expect guys to go down, start writhing around, you know, holding whatever is hurt. Tranquil went down and that leg was just immobilized. So you knew something bad happened, but I didn't have the sound on and I thought it was Bosa.
0: Yeah. And it was it was it was nerve wracking, man. And, I, you know, you you always go out or your heart always goes out to, in those situations. Um, I don't know. What's the do you have the update on that?
1: Oh, he's very done for the oh, year. Man. Uh, That's a badly broken ankle. Uh,
0: it sucks. You, you hope that some of them are cleaner than others. But, yeah, it's those scary moments. I, I, the, the, I'll just take it all the way back to the Tyrone throws. You know, those just clean mm. – uh, the ones that are like, oh, you're dangling. You're dangling. Yeah.
1: Never good to see. Ugh. Napoleon McCallum. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, one of the grossest injuries I've ever seen yes, in my life. Uh, uh, i well, and I guess if we're going cross sports, the Gordon Hayward yes. injury in uh, the first game for the Celtics yes. last year, where his ankle was just pointing in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah. Oh man! And I was, I yeah. was, I was out watching. That was the the energy was so high for Hayward, and yeah. yeah.
1: Well, what a fun way to end the show! So that's <laughs> gonna be. That, we we wish everyone the uh, the utmost of health this weekend. Let's stress that, and uh, that's going to be this week's uh, this episode of the Underdog NFL Show for Mario Hines. I'm Chris Wardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later this week.